Welcome to another edition of USAV Bandwidth, where we cover everything from A to V and beyond. We are welcomed today with our illustrious co-host, Mr. Chris Salazar-Mangram, as always. And today we have two special guests with us, Andy Tan from TSI APAC Hub and Max Haramino from Consortia Tech. Today we're going to talk all about partnering internationally and what it takes to do such. So first I want to kick things off with, I'm actually going to kick it over to Max. So Max can give a little background on who Consortia Tech is and the background on Consortia Tech. And then we'll kick it over to Andy to talk about TSI APAC. So Max, why don't you give us just a background on Consortia Tech? All right. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Chris. Hello, Andy. Thanks for having me on your podcast here, the USAV Bandwidth Podcast. As uh, Patrick just said, uh, I'm responsible for running Consortio Tech. Uh, we are a buyers and loyalty program for system integrators in Latin America. We launched last year right before the uh, pandemic. And perhaps inadvertently, it was a good thing because most of the people I was interviewing were at home and I was able to do a lot of video conferencing and interviews to get people excited to join the program. Today, we are 70 integrator members. I'm waiting for my 71st uh, integrator member, and we're supported by 30-something manufacturing brands and companies. It's been a challenge, uh, a rewarding challenge. Bit by bit, we're making progress and getting the rebates out the door to our members. And what we wanted to discuss, I guess, here was the opportunity for our members in Latin America to be used as on the feet, uh, boots on the ground for projects that perhaps the USAV and PSA members need to, to execute locally in Mexico, Central, South America, and the Caribbean. And in that order of ideas, we've already had, I think, close to 10 jobs that are being in, in the works. I think two have already been come close to, to fulfillments. So it's been a very positive relationship in that sense of, of being a network hub for U.S., in this case, U.S. Uh, system integrators wanting to execute jobs uh, in locally in the region. So that's that's who we are. If you're listening and you have perhaps uh, opportunities to expand internationally, you don't know how to, please get in touch and we, we can help you, you know, either work with some of our members or perhaps, you know, aid in, in another fashion. Andy, do you want to fill us in on all things TSI? Thank you, Patrick. And thank you, Chris, again. And hello, Max. I would say TSI APEC Hub uh, came about uh, really, really with the opportunity given by Chris and Patrick. And we spoke about this almost like about coming to, I would say, eight months ago. And I'm very excited that we recently announced about this partnership, PSA, USAV, you know, as part of the whole network. And I'm also glad to be part of this whole group, which USAV, PSA, even with Consortia Tech, that I'm the part that's playing in APAC and, of course, Middle East. I would say I have a lot to learn from Max, too, you know, uh, in terms of getting this uh, APAC hub uh, running in Asia. I mean, this is almost like less than less than a year old baby, I would say. And seriously, what APAC is trying to do, it's pretty very much similar to what USAV is for the North America and Consortia Tech for Latin America. And the hub itself, uh, what we are planning to do is to be able to really access, reach, and engage uh, system integrators in APAC, Middle East, and Africa. I mean, even to the extent of like establishing their own complete partnering program. So the the hub itself, what we're trying to do is really to co-market with our vendors, uh, partners, 
through offering things like a rebate in the security control, custom electronic, AV, uh, and low voltage for our member integrator based in, in APEC and Middle East. And in the brief, uh, what we are trying to do is that we are offering this opportunity by building a group of called uh, independent dealers, contractors and integrators in this region. And at the same time, to expand the, the collaboration and opportunities, I would say, in terms of business referral, in terms of creating value for independent integrated purchasing power. And at the same time, hopefully this hub would manage our vendor relationship in this security control, custom electronic, AV voltage uh, for integrators based in Middle East and also in Asia Pac. So like I say, in short, I really have to, a lot to learn from, from Chris, from Patrick, from Max to really help grow uh, the APAC region. And currently, right now, I'm excited that we are already building the integrator group here in Asia. And hopefully, uh, we can continue to grow more and more in terms of the integrator community to really be able to, you know, support the network and also support the community. Yeah. Absolutely. I must say, I'm extremely excited, extremely happy. I mean, just seeing everyone's face here today and just hearing the voice and where we're at, where we've come just in the last, what it's about 12 months to 18 months, Patrick, when yeah, we, yeah, about 18 um, we started so. putting the wheels in motion to develop an international partnering network. You know, first it was Max that came on board, proof of concept proved out, extremely successful, going well. And Andy's, you know, right there in a different region, different market, different players. So I think it's uh, just a testament to the work, the commitment, the dedication to serving our integrated community, the multiple verticals, markets, and industries, you know, everywhere from even AV, IT, security, anything low voltage. Max, I know you've even talked about building management systems, right? So it's been a good project to work on, and it's great to see the fruits of our labor starting to really starting to blossom. So well done to everybody. Max, you touched on this earlier about partnering and, and having those boots on the ground. While the boots on the ground is huge, I think it goes a lot further than that because even just sourcing the gear and, and bringing it in country is is difficult for an American company to import gear with taxes and everything. So I'd love to hear your take on just overall partnering as a whole, more than just the boots on the ground, but you know, starting from maybe the, the project design being in the U.S. and then transferring that to a partner within country. Yeah, it certainly it's more than just boots on the ground. It's having a firm that's that's knowledgeable in the same business you are. So it's, it's much more than just receiving merchandise in that case. And in terms of importing and executing locally, you're right. Uh, there's there's a whole liability. There's legal. There's the work issues that go into having a presence locally. That that for a midsize integrator that may not justify opening up an office in Mexico or in Panama or Puerto Rico to to handle those jobs. And certainly, I think one of the advantages is of working with one of our members is that, as you mentioned, they already are tied into the to vendor community as well. So you were able to choose or, or at least specify and, and compare where to source the equipment. So that could also be an advantage. So if, if you're specking locally in the United States and have to ship that, you could get something comparable or even the same brands locally specced by the, the member partner of Consortium Tech. 
so yeah, that certainly certainly is an advantage for the American firms or the international firms that are interested in, in doing jobs throughout the region. In fact, one of the earliest jobs that we had was a Mexican integrator that has a possible job to do and execute in Colombia. So it, it's not just you know United States to Latin America or let's say Europe to Latin America. It is within region where these small mid-sized firms don't don't necessarily have the resources to go and serve their clients locally in another country. So, and that's very rewarding. You really do get the warm and fuzzies by by helping these people get jobs that otherwise they would not have had. And that right now is the area that we're seeing the most growth and most interest. So, I'm waiting for the opportunity to do something with with an integrator in Asia Pack because uh, that would be that'd be great to have somebody from Singapore, Malaysia or Taiwan wanting to execute a job in, in, in Mexico. So hopefully that'll happen or vice versa again. I think the beauty of the network, the partner network that we've created in all the regions, it's, you know, through the vetting process, it's selecting the right fit of integrator, you know, into the group where willing to collaborate, share best practices, help deploy projects. And that itself is kind of that, that family feel where regardless of what region you're in, because of our vetting process, you know, that trusted network is, is stood up. So Andy's been working hard with bringing on some really top-notch integrators in the, the APAC realm. And I'm just curious to hear from you, Andy, what's really the sentiment from your region with the new program being stood up and what are they excited for? I say the opportunity is coming. I mean, currently right now with pandemic, it really has actually impacted the markets and economy across Asia. And what we see is a recovery in China and India. Of course, uh, they are still set back in countries like Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand. It brings down to where we talk about in terms of uh, partnership in these integrators signing up to be part of a network. I guess this way they are looking at really opportunity beyond their own territory which is why the recent sign-up of those integrators who are so willing to now open up and merge and even cooperate and even support. I think we are seeing a lot of the trend of merging acquisition in, in, in this industry where not only just embracing the technology, but in other areas of uh, interest, like even the cyber fiscal security market has actually given them an opportunity to say, hey, you know, we can divert to another another new territory where they can find a lot of business opportunity. So I see the interest of a lot of these integrators willing to join IPP. I guess generally it's just looking for business beyond their own market. Because currently, because of this pandemic, it actually has kind of like, they're also worried about third and fourth wave coming. But in today's opportunity, I think it's coming, I would say because of now the highly vaccinated population, markets are waiting to open. I think the opportunities now, they are waiting for a market to open. And this year, which everyone has been working from home, I feel that it's really a planning stage and they are dying to wait when the first quarter of next year start to open. I see a lot of opportunities in terms of after talking to all these integrators, they, they see there's a lot, a lot of opportunity in, in wanting to be part of this whole network there. Yeah, there's certainly a pent-up demand, that's for sure. And, and I think that's only going to increase, which is going to put a strain on, on the network because they're not going to have enough people to do these jobs. So to rely on other integrators within the network is going to be huge. Max, you, you brought up a good point earlier because when Chris and I kind of started out in this journey, the whole intent was for U.S.-based 
integrators to partner with companies internationally. But the pandemic has really changed things a little bit with now we have international guys partnering together because they can't cross country borders. So seeing that collaboration has been really cool as well. And it just is a byproduct of the uh, the pandemic as a whole. So we're excited to you know see like-minded companies come together, form those relationships and partnerships and actually help each other in their businesses. So I'm really excited for the opportunity to work with both you guys and, and for all of us to continue to build out that network and have that trusted vetted partner network. And Max, again, it, it goes beyond just the sourcing of equipment. I mean, just the help with site surveys and day two support, you know, having that trusted partner to help you through that whole process really, really goes a long way. Because so I don't think that everyone looks at the whole project. You know, they look at just getting the project done. But what about day two support and who's going to service that client, you know, in six months from now, you know? Well, one of the first cross-border matchmaking that we did was a PSA member who needs a integrator in Mexico to basically do a service agreement so that, you know, 24-7, if something doesn't work out, who's going to respond? And so you're you're absolutely correct. It's not just doing the project. It's maintenance. It's uh, backup services. It's it's first responders. Yeah. And we found that the customers that are being served are multinationals, so they have businesses and offices located all over the place, right? So the person that has the headquarters in uh, the St. Louis market and that headquarter company has a need to fulfill or at least standardize how their huddle rooms or their conference boardrooms are going to look in all of their offices in Latin America, the UK, Asia. And so how, how do they have that relationship to expand out? And then now they have the opportunity to say, yes, we have partners. There's a lot of power in that vetted network to now serve multinational companies that are the end users that our integrators are serving. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And something that we're doing as well that I think if we're able to replicate across the different regions, I negotiated a space at the security show in Mexico, and we're going to have a small pavilion for our members. So it's an opportunity for our members to actually have more exposure. So it's something where if you're a standalone, small, medium-sized firm, you may not have the heft to negotiate space. But I talked to the, the show organizers there. It's a read show. And we'll have a small pavilion of our Mexican security members to promote their, their company. So, it, you know, it goes beyond just the manufacturer's rebates, the opportunity to do jobs. It's to try to promote our members and have their interests at heart. Right from a supply chain point of view, I know this pandemic has disrupted a lot of that regular flow of goods and services. But I think during this time, it's like they are also coping with the disruption by moving forward. They are not stopping, you know. So in fact, you can see, I hear from a lot of integrators, they are adopting to like new practices and trying to kind of adjust their approach in, in trying to interface the channels and in providing a service to the customer. So I think that there's this Areas whereby they are applying new integration business form despite this kind of disruption. So that's why I, I'm seeing that the opportunity in APEC is that they are not sitting down and waiting, but I think they are really trying to create that so-called that new norm to really encounter all these situations. Yeah. You bring up a great point, Andy, because Chris and I say this all the time, and like Max just alluded to, it's a lot more than just the rebates and the buying programs. It's that growing each other's businesses, the sharing best practices, trying new things and, and working with one another to try those new things and, and say, hey, we're having this problem. How have you guys solved for that? That group collaboration really helps each other grow and foster that great group collaboration. 
at the Denver show, the, the PSA, I sat on a panel where it was exactly that, Patrick, where just the ability to share common practices amongst integrators that aren't competitive. So they're not competitors, they're colleagues. So it brought home the point that that is certainly part of our, of our mission, create that fraternity of integrators within the group worldwide. Agree. What I was going to say is um, I think we um, completed, we'll call it the phase one of the plan and the launch. And the phase two is just going to now be more co-created opportunities amongst our international partners within the program to have more touch points, right? Given the challenges with time zone differences, but how can we now regionalize opportunities for them to collaborate, come together and just sit down and talk, right? And that's what I think we've done a great job of doing and creating that space for them to talk, at least within the region. Now it's how do we get them a step further and talking in the same room, same platform. Is it ISE in February 22? A little plug there. Max, I know you're hosting some, some local things as well. So figuring out a way to get down to Latin America and maybe even down to the Asia-Pacific region as well. I think the, the opportunities are endless. In fact, for next year, when Chris mentioned about events and show, yeah, we are all really hoping that next year, a kind of like in-person event would really draw a lot more uh, business opportunity. This way, I feel that, you know, next year, all the events are going to go live. I think that's where things are going to start to move a lot, yeah. I agree. Getting people together, certainly in my neck of the woods, you, you need to get them together. You need to share a drink and have that social part. And that's how you create those relationships. So it's been somewhat frustrating, but I feel actually, I'm, I feel positive for next year. I think, I don't know how great the show will be in, in Barcelona, but it'll happen. So we have to start getting out of our comfort zones, getting vaccinated, getting on a plane and getting the job done. So, you know, I went to Denver for PSA. I was at Cedia. I'm going to be at Infocom in two weeks or three weeks. They're smaller shows, but somebody's got to do it. So why not us? I guess what Patrick mentioned earlier about, you know, not, I think it's not just about rebate. You know, we are also looking at opportunity of really how to even engage the end user, I'll call it, the, the professional end user, because especially in Asia here, you know, when you talk about a market like, for example, education, there's a lot of opportunity in terms of the business in this sector. But I, I feel that the user in this community is like they are usually being, I would say, controlled or being, um, kind of say, have to listen to always the, the consultant or the integrator all the time. I feel that the education or the educating of the end user is so important, not just in the education area, but in government, enterprise, finance, in large venue. There's a lot of this user of such technology. I think they are still very far behind, if I may say, not in terms of their job skill, they are good at it, but in terms of keeping up to the trend of what's happening. I think this is something that I feel we should continue to do is to be able to continue to educate the end user. And educating end user has got the ripple effect because if they know a lot more, then they'll be able to know what they are buying in terms of technology, whether they're buying the right thing or buying the wrong thing, you know, yeah. I know we're real excited to have both Consortia Tech and TSI APAC part of the USAV PSA family. As Chris said, this is phase one, and we're going to get into phase two now of really building out and adding more programs and benefits. So really appreciate you guys. We're excited to continue the partnership. As always, thank you to Shore for uh, sponsoring our USAV bandwidth series throughout the year. And of course, the StudioPod for 
producing this and putting it together. So Max, Andy, thank you guys for your time. Chris, as always, a pleasure. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick.